Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. Another week, boys, and we are back. I am back in our studio, finally, after a few weeks being uh, not here, back home. And uh, happy to be back here talking with you boys once again. Joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two great co-hosts, Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji. Kyle, how are you doing today, bud? Doing good. Wide awake, not tired for once in my entire life. So uh, I guess, you know, seven naps a day kind of helps. But, uh, doing good. Happy to talk sports. Good. You took, you took my spot of being the more awake one on Saturday today because I'm exhausted. Irfan, yeah. how are you doing, man? I'm all right. I'm tired. Are you sure? One more week of school, and then I will be better. Then <laughs> you'll be better. Are you coming home for Christmas, or are you staying out there? Um, Hopefully Christmas Eve will drive up, but yeah. it really depends on the weather. If the weather is bad coming out of Ottawa, we'll probably hold off. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Don't, don't want to risk that. <laughs> well, we got a few pretty big topics to talk about, boys, so let's get right into our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. And we're going to stick with the football theme for our kickoff today, boys. And there's a topic I kind of want to talk about, and it's the NFL MVP race. And for most people, this race is done and already written off. I don't think we are in that group, though, uh, based on what I've heard. Patrick Mahomes, his year has been well-documented. Aaron Rodgers, probably the next closest person, his year has been well-documented. I know some people were talking about putting Big Ben in the conversation for how valuable he is to the Steelers. I know there's talk about Derrick Henry. Um, so I want to get into it. Kyle, right now, who is your MVP? Um, right now, I think it's Mahomes. Um, unless he falters more. Obviously, the, week, the last week he had against the Dolphins did not help him by any means. And I think it got Aaron Rodgers back into the race a lot more than he was previously. Um, but I think it's I think it's two-horse race. I think it's Mahomes right now. He's a, a little bit ahead. And I think Rodgers is just behind him. I think um, it, it all depends how they play down through the stretch. And, you know, with, with the Chiefs potentially trying to secure that number one spot, I think Mahomes will play all of the games. Um, with Green Bay not really having a, a shot at that f- number one spot, um, I guess they do have a, an outside shot. but They're in the number one spot right now. Are they? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that, to be honest. Screw you. Don't don't discredit my Green Bay Packers. They're oh, I, I, I guess they beat the Saints. That's why. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I thought the Saints were number one spot. And so, the Saints have to play KC this week. Yeah. So with saying that, so then there's a good chance both quarterbacks do play all the way throughout the season. So um, 
I think there is a uh, there's a dark horse as well who's not as close, but I think my number three is Josh Allen. Okay. Um, he's I, I I I get Derrick Henry. I understand that, but he's been uh, up and down. He hasn't been as consistent as he has been in previous years. Uh, Big Ben, I don't think is MVP caliber right now. Um, and realistically, the only other person I would have potentially looked at would have been Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson was off to a hard, hot start, and he was the MVP going into it. But he faltered in, I believe, week seven, eight, nine, I think is what it was, um, yeah. where he basically threw essentially two picks a game is what it was. So, um, yeah, I got Mahomes right now as my leading candidate. Irfan, what are your thoughts so far? Um, I'm on the same sentiment that I think Russell Wilson should have been MVP start of the season. I mean, I'm still a huge proponent of him potentially winning it. I mean, I'd be okay with him winning it. Um, but... I think you're right. Like the last couple of weeks he's faltered. I mean, when he gets sacked, I don't think the Seahawks do so good, um, which is fine. But I mean, if you still take him off that team, it's, it's difficult for them to win. Um, but I think, I think Patrick Mahomes might be, might be your MVP just because of how dynamic he is. He signed that big contract and it made no difference to his play style and his ability to, to win games. Um, I mean, Rogers does get a shot just because, um, unlike last year their offense is good this year or decent this year and he's like on a man on a mission because especially after they drafted that quarterback in the first round or something um rogers is like well i still got like five years left in the tank so i don't know what you guys are doing with the kid but i'm still playing so um i think an argument can be made with like four different players or five different players like you said but i think in the end it'll come down to rogers and mahomes yeah and i think i think that's where it's going but if you look at it these two guys have dominated all year but i think if you're talking and i know we did this in the nhl conversation and i said mckinnon was the most valuable to his team aaron Rodgers is definitely way more valuable to his team than patrick mahomes right now the chiefs have so many huge weapons on that offense that i think you could we saw it last year when mahomes went down they had a quarterback who was coaching at a high school like three weeks earlier come in and they played still pretty well right like there's no doubt about that so you put that in, and they, they're just so dominant as an offense that I think it doesn't really matter who's under center. I mean, Mahomes obviously makes them better because he is so talented. But if you're looking at it just straight up, it, it like I think Rodgers is doing more with less. He leads so they- touchdowns this year. I know Mahomes has him in yards, but other than that, like he only has four interceptions all season. Could you then argue, Ben? Or just Allen would are, are just as important because of that mindset in the sense that if you were to take any of those three quarterbacks out, their team would struggle or would. And that's what I was gonna say. Like, if we look at the Steelers, for example, who, by the way, their receiving core can't catch a football for their lives right now. I know you guys made jokes at Justin's expense on the uh, betting house pod there, Kyle, but yeah. man, they can't catch a football. No. And Not Big Ben is still leading them to win. So that says a lot about Big Ben's ability as a quarterback and as a leader. And I think he he's, might be in the conversation if this was truly a most valuable player award. But unfortunately, let's be honest, boys, it's not. Yeah. It's the most uh, storyline co- player of the year. Yeah. Are you leading stats or not? Is your team yeah. killing it? Yeah. The only thing is Big Ben's not even the MVP on his team. So that's the only problem. That's TJ Watt. Like hands down, not even close. Yeah, but TJ TJ Watt is the MVP of that team, and he is literally 
their defense is what's kept them in the games half these times. I would argue Ben might be more valuable because of what he does as a quarterback for that team. I think TJ Watt's the best player on that team. Yeah, I, I, I could, you could see it, I guess. For, yeah, I just, you, you look at, you look at Claypool, right? You look at what he did, he did for half that season. He was the MVP for probably two or three games. But was he? Uh, oh, 100%. He, he was but two or three games. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, for two or three games. Sorry. And overall, up until the last couple of weeks, we weren't talking about drops for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know. Wide receivers. So it was one of those. Now everybody's like, oh, well, it's all Big Ben. He's all getting, you know, he's getting shafted by all these people dropping the ball. It's like, well, before that, your your team was still doing perfectly fine without it. So, yeah. um, yeah, no, like, and like the only thing with, for me is Josh, the reason why I said Josh Allen for number three is purely because the Bills defense from where it was last year is not even close. Oh, absolutely. Not. Like they, they were, they were the reason why the Bills were as successful as they were last year. And this year it's been Josh Allen and his improvement on accuracy and him leading that offense. That's really carried them this year. Obviously the bills look like, like the digs, the digs trade was an absolute steal for the bills right now. Yeah. absolutely. And it's, and it's one of those, that's, that's why I think, those like you look at the tandems, right? Like you look at Mahomes, he's got Tyree Kill. Josh Allen has got Diggs. Hold on, hold on. Can we go back to Mahomes? He's got Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Got multiple weapons. Yeah. I I saw I saw a graphic where they had like the top five uh quarterback and receiver duos in the NFL. Mahomes was on there twice. Yeah. In the top five, he's on there twice with, with Tyree Kill and Kelsey. Anyways, continue. Well, it's just like it's obviously you can make a case for for all those like those top three quarterbacks. Obviously, with having great weapons, that really helped them out too, right? Look at Travis Travis Kelsey's leading the league in receiving yards. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is fourth. So it's yeah. like, is is that Patrick Mahomes doing, or is that just the offense with a lot of weapons? That's the real question. No, and it's a it's a fair question, and uh, the one that we haven't talked about yet is obviously the running back and Derrick Henry, and I mean he he deserves. To be in the conversation, I think. He's been dominant all year. There's only been five games this season where he hasn't rushed for 100 yards out of 14. And one of those, he only touched the ball 19 times. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, that's, that's just crazy. Like, I would like to point that out. And the games that he hasn't, it was against Jacksonville, which his team didn't play very well, to be honest, even though they won that game. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, who at the beginning of the season was playing well defensively. Pitt, which at that point they hadn't lost a game and they have a pretty good pass defense or a rush defense. Chicago, who has a pretty good rush defense. And Cleveland, who this year has done pretty well against the rush. Go figure, those are the five teams that he couldn't rush for 100 yards against. But this guy just broke 215 yards last week. Mm -hmm. And he's, if he gets to 2,000 yards rushing, which he's about 400 plus away, but you have three games to do it. If he gets to 2,000 yards rushing, he will definitely have to be in that conversation, right, Irfan? Yeah, I think so. I think any player who's that monumental to their team needs it. I mean, he's he's always, we know he's going to get his stats, right? Like, that's how good he is. Um, it's just, like you said, he hasn't performed well against bigger teams that know how to shut him down. So, like, that's something I need to watch out for the last maybe couple of weeks. And if he plays a big team... Is he able to to make a rush? Is he able to get more than 100 yards? Because I think that should be something. 
yeah, to consider. And and if he doesn't, then it's like, well, that's fine. It's just something he needs to work on. But if he can, it'd be like, well, then you know what? He's in the conversation of the, the three best players in the league currently. Yeah. And like to put that into perspective, only seven players have ever rushed for 2,000 yards in a season. Right? So that, that, that has to put him into the conversation as most valuable to his team, especially if Tennessee then also goes into the playoffs. I mean, he was their best player going in last year. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, yeah. There, no, but... no worries. Yeah, no, I agree. Like in the uh, playoffs, if him and Tannehill don't find some sort of connection, hell, if Derrick Henry can't run through anybody, the Titans are not surprising anyone. No. I think I, Tannehill deserves some credit. He's actually figured out how to play quarterback in the NFL. True. But it helps Henry having helps. someone. It does. <laughs> Kyle, what are your thoughts on Henry? Yeah, like I, I like Henry. I think the only problem that's hurting him is he's a running back. Yeah, and, 100%. And, and people that vote for MVP don't value running backs the same as quarterbacks. And that's just simply as that. Um, that. That's purely why I didn't have him in my top three, just because I don't think he's going to get the votes um, that he probably should. Uh, I, I, think, I think the big thing for him, if it coming down to the MVP race, is how this week goes. It, you know, he's facing the Detroit Lions. They're the 29th ranked defense um, against the run. So if he goes off this week and has 150, 200 yards, then I think you're going to have a conversation where he's putting himself back in the conversation. I think if he goes into the final um, what two games, I guess, yeah, um, with 250 yards to go to get over 2,000, then I think I, th- I think you're more realistic, right? It's like. So he he basically needs, let's say, 500 yards between yeah, roughly, the last yeah. last three games. So that's it's a lot of yards, and we'll see how that goes. Um, but I think I think this week definitely is. This week be a, sets I, him up for the last two. Weeks. It's it's, it's got to be a huge step. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, because after that they play Green Bay, who. Uh, honestly, as a Green Bay fan, I don't know what to expect from their rush defense every week. Not a clue. Yeah. It's a toss up every week. And then they play Houston, who you'd think that they have a good rush defense, but I'm just not really sure. He, he, he rushed for 200 plus yards against Houston last time. So yeah, exactly. So like you just like you th- you'd think though with the players on that roster, you'd think they'd be okay at rush defense, but they're just not. Yeah, like Green Bay's 11th, so that, they're going to be the biggest tough, the yeah. biggest test, I think. But at the same time, like we've seen teams absolutely run off against Green Bay this year, just because that that the game they decided not to play rush defense, and then they've absolutely stymied teams some game. So mm-hmm. I don't know, honestly, I, I can't I can't figure out Green Bay's I rush mean, defense. The last time I think a running back won was what twenty twelve guys, Adrian Peterson. So I mean, it could be done. He can he can win it, but I mean, the last eight years has been quarterback. So yeah, yeah. just a pat on the stats. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, that's that's the thing, though, right? We just don't know. Yeah. Um, that'll do it for our kickoff segment, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. You can follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy or visit their website for more information at canadakickingacademy.com. We're going to take a quick break here, and we will be back to bring you some NHL and World Junior talk after the break. Good day, everybody. This is Ryan from 20 Minutes on Ice. Join me and my co-host, Nick McVicker, for opinions and analysis on the week that was in the hockey world. New episode available every Friday, wherever you download your favorite podcasts from. 20 Minutes on Ice, part of the Garage Door Sports Network. 
We are back, boys, and the NHL yesterday, while we were, you know, while Kyle was at work, I was not at work, uh, agreed with the NHLPA on a 56-game schedule, still starting January 13th, with no preseason. Mm-hmm. For fun, what do, what do you make of this uh, decision by the league? Uh, I think with the league not starting in October... They're just trying to start something because the NBA already agreed to something. Football's going on. Um, MLS already said that their new season starts in March. So I think for them, it's just starting. Um, I think preseason might hurt the teams that have a younger roster just because I don't think they know who's who might start for them or, or they're going. Or if teams like last year, like the Ducks, who are okay and have a pretty good farm system now, or at least they're trying to build their farm system, they won't get a chance to showcase who could probably step in and play with Getzlaff on that first line if they need it. Or, well, they're having training camp. Let's make that clear. There's, they'll have there's to, right. Training camp, but there's Agreed. just no preseason. But like, there's a difference between training versus an actual game setting, especially for the younger guys. So uh, I think it'll hurt the younger teams. I think it'll hurt Ottawa, for example, just because of how young they are. Um, you can name any younger team, but I think with the, the older teams like the Leafs or um, it may, maybe San Jose, even in this conversation that I, I think they need the season to start. Cause like they have a lot of things from last year that they need to improve on. So they know, this is what we were working on the minute they were eliminated. So it'll work out for some teams. I don't think it'll work out for the rest, um, but we're having a season. And and I think, I think anyone will take that. Yeah. I, I think, I'm, I think you're right with that. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I The younger teams for sure, but I think it's going to affect the younger players, the biggest, um, the players that were just got drafted players that um, might not necessarily had a, a great year last year that need to bounce back, whatever it may be. Um, those are the players I think are going to hurt the most because, because as Irfan said, yes, there's training camp, but there's certain players that play better in exhibition games or games themselves rather than the training camp itself. Right. So there's, there's some, there's some people that just take a step up, do do whatever they need to do. Um, but that's all based on games. So I, I think you're going to see a lot, maybe a lot of the older players, um, be happy about that. It's less games. There's no wear and tear earlier in the season. Um, that kind of thing, but there's, there's still a lot that needs to be, you know, done before January 3rd. If this, this is all going to happen as quickly as it is like, there's, they, they still have to figure out the alignment of the divisions, all kind of stuff, but I'm happy that this is a first step towards the NHL season. Yeah. And you know what? The other thing is, is that we have to talk about the fact that the older players also need those preseason games sometimes to get their legs under them. So we could see, I know you guys are talking about the younger teams being affected by this, mm-hmm. but we could also see the older teams like the San Jose's and the, maybe the LA's who might not have been good to begin with this year because their rosters aren't very good. Right. But because they have a lot of older players, they could be affected by no preseason because the guys just don't have their legs under them. Cause sometimes for the older players, it's going to take a little bit more to get their legs under them. And Kyle, you also brought up the point of the alignment. We just don't know. Right. And I think a lot of the older teams might be in that Western Western conference division. Um, so they could be drastically affected by this. And I think sure. that if they get off to a slow start, there is a, there's a legitimate issue uh, for those teams. Uh, Ottawa, I don't know if they're really going to be affected by the no preseason or fun. And the only mm. reason I say that is because I don't know how much do we expect from Ottawa in an all Canadian division this year. They're going to win. What are you talking about? All right. Relax, Homer. 
but like honestly, I just I don't know no. what we expect from Ottawa as a team this year in an all Canadian division just because they, they could surprise some teams being the being faster, younger, whatever. But for the most part, I don't think their roster lines up just yet. They're still building. They've got some good pieces this this year, but I just don't think they're there yet. And I know Matt Murray will help yeah. on the back end, but there's only so much a goalie can do if the roster in front of him is just not fully ready, right? Well, I mean, it's just more so like for the younger players to, to get chemistry and stuff. Like the older players, like I know you said their legs, but most of them have played with that group of guys for a while. They'll find it within a game or two. Like I'm not. No, I agree. But I'm saying the first two weeks are going to be messy. Well, for everyone, I think everyone's going to exactly. play some slap, slapstick hockey and you're going to be like, eh, all right, we'll take three or four shitty games. And then at least that, then it becomes a 50 game season, technically. Be so. some pond hockey going on in uh, the NHL, right, Kyle? Like, yeah. like our team used to play. Yeah, yeah it's going to be definitely, it's going to be, you're going to see the skilled players show up and it's going to be, everybody else is going to be a step behind. Okay? Yeah, at so. least <laughs> maybe <Okay>. two. <laughs> Listen, Joe Thornton's going to lead the league in scoring for the first six games. That's have to how, how do you how do you feel as a Boston fan with him being on Toronto? Um, nah, I don't know. I like he's Joe. So far Stop. removed from Boston at this point. You know what? Though I like John Joe. I he's, mean, he was... he's always going to be a Boston guy, though. That's the thing. I know, but he, I feel like he's like removed. He's been removed far enough while he's still associated with Boston. Like I think they've they've got used to seeing him in a different jersey at this point. Yeah, I think if he went to Montreal, it'd be a little bit of a. What are you doing? Yeah, no one but, wants to see him in a Montreal jersey. No, but like I don't think he wants think, to see him somewhere in a Montreal I think jersey. He's been there for fifteen <laughs> years, right? So I don't think right. I don't think it makes a difference. I think people are still gonna root for him when he's not playing Boston, which is fine. But one of the worst trades by the Boston Bruins ever. Well, I mean it was to nah, nah. It happened. Hold on, ask Ryan. We had this conversation. Would you rather take make that trade and win the cups like Boston did, or would you rather make the trade and get Joe Thornton and never win a cup like San Jose did? <laughs> well, I mean, I like Zidane, so I'm okay with moving on from our captain. Um, I mean, they kept Mark Savart, which to me at that time, he was um, just as good. Look how that turned what? Out. <laughs> what? I like Mark Savart, so I'm okay did with you that. Say just as good as Joe Thornton? Look, guys. Joe Thornton was the MVP that year. <laughs> He was okay. He was. I'm getting. I'm, I'm okay with that. But I'm just saying, Mark Savard was a very good player. Um, I think that's what they did. They decided to keep Savard because he would have been cheaper. And there you go. I guess. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to justify the fact that Boston makes stupid trades. Cough, cough, sake and Thornton. So, cough, cough, rask. You won one. Relax. One. A big one. <laughs> <laughs> it totally destroyed a Leafs team that have not had a goaltender really since. Listen, that wasn't on us. That's the Leafs. Sorry, blaming the Leafs on that one. I was talking about Boston's failures with the trades, not the Leafs' failures. Okay, this wasn't supposed to go like this. Let's, okay. let's, just <laughs> let's get back to the realignment. Hmm. Yeah, the realignment is going to be interesting, though, for sure. Um, I think that Western division is probably the weakest out of the four right now. Um, and ironically, I'm pretty sure the Canadian division might be the strongest. I think there's six teams that could compete for playoff for the four playoff spots in the division. And I, unfortunately, I think Ottawa might be the only one that might not really be the one to compete, but everyone else could realistically compete for a playoff spot in that division. Uh, Kyle, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think there's probably two or three teams that aren't going to compete. To be honest. I don't think the jets are going to compete. Um, really? they have Hellebuck though. 
yeah, I just I don't think that their team is all together. I think by losing Bufflin last year, that absolutely killed their team. Um, with 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 Line A potentially being traded and all the rumors going on around him, I think it it, it casts something over that that team. Um, I still need to begin be convinced about Montreal. Yes, they added pieces, but can they put it all together? That's my biggest thing. Yeah. Um, Calgary looks to be a good team but there's been so much controversy with that team with potentially Goudreau wanting out and bringing in Markstrom we'll see how Markstrom plays when now that he has a contract he's not playing for a contract so uh, there's definitely some questions about that for me personally um, other than that I think it's going to be very competitive I, I do believe in that personally for sure I think Edmonton, Toronto um, I guess you could put. Um, I'd probably put Calgary ahead of Vancouver. I guess. Yeah. Right now, um, I think it's those three, and then the next three. But and then I think I think Montreal is going to take a big jump for sure. But we'll see how high they actually end up getting. So. Fair, Irfan. What What are your thoughts on uh, which division is the strongest? Um, I think the Canadian division just because we're close to it. But I think the the teams with the Metro teams and the rest of the East teams is going to be good as well. Um, I'm just uh, pulling up the realignment teams, but Hold I on. think any division with Buffalo is you, you automatically get a shot. <laughs> I think the Sabres will be better. Uh, not that's not saying much. <laughs> no, um, I think they'll be better considering they'll start off really well and then, and then they'll crap out maybe 30 games into the season, unfortunately. But they did get better in terms of what they brought in. So I think they are a little bit more competitive. But that, um, I think this would be fine. I think uh, the Canadian teams, I think you can argue that all, all, all of the teams could actually be fighting for a playoff spot just because they know each other. They'll, they'll be wanting to beat each other. They'll be rivals every night, right? So, um I think that's what makes it more competitive is just because these teams like playing Ottawa eight times or Toronto eight times. If you're, if you're Montreal, I think it just hypes it up a little bit more for them. Um, so that's probably why the Canadian teams are, or that Canadian realignment is going to be a little bit more uh, competitive. Um, I think Toronto and Edmonton are probably your two best teams. And then you have the next tier of Calgary, Vancouver, um, and then you ended off with Winnipeg, Montreal, and Ottawa. Like it's just it splits into three, in my opinion. But we'll see how it goes. Sure, no, I think that's that's a fair assessment of the Canadian division. Um, but man, like I, I look at that Western division and it's awful. Like <laughs> Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, San Jose, and St. Louis. There's literally like three playoffs. You think you think that one's bad? The other one's worse. Which one? Tampa's. Carolina um, is a playoff team. Chicago's not. Trash Columbus is Detroit. fringe. Detroit's probably dead last. Florida playoff is potentially. Potential. We'll see. They just lost two of their biggest goal scorers. Minnesota could be a playoff team. Nashville could be a yeah, playoff Minnesota team. Doesn't Tampa have a goalie. Is a Minnesota playoff. doesn't have a goalie right now. I know, but the team itself <laughs> plays well together. And Nashville is the biggest choke artist ever. Yes, Tampa, but they play well in the regular season. That's all I'm talking about right I, now. I know. Just but, get in. Tampa, Tampa Bay is laughing right now. Absolutely. I'm not denying that fact. But I still think that Western Conference is bad because you have the three California teams who got awful last year and will probably still be got awful this year. San Jose will be better out of the three. Yes, but they're still not going to be good. 
I mean, I argue that. I think David Dubnik is better than Martin Jones. I think they'll be better there. And I think I'm, I'm not denying you... that fact. I just don't think the roster is very good and it's a year older. Yeah. Well, they got rid of their oldest player. So that might, that might help by like half an age. Yes, but that doesn't take away from the fact that they're still going to be bottom three in that division, and then Arizona is the next team. You you could you could argue there there could be five potential winners in the division. You in could that argue, division. Yeah, you could yeah. argue Arizona, Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas, and Dallas all could potentially win that division. No, only three of those teams could win that division. I don't think Dallas or Arizona will win that division. They'll Dallas they'll be not, playoff contenders for sure, but they Dallas will not is win in the other division, guys. They're not in. No, the, they're not. No, they they flip Minnesota and Dallas. They flip them. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, then I have the wrong one up. Yes, you do. Arr! It's fine. I'll look for the right Dude, All they did was flip Minnesota and Dallas. Don't worry. You're fine. Oh, uh, NBC posted this 14 hours ago, so they, they're running behind. Oh, maybe they changed it again. Unless then. they just changed it. Yeah, it says uh, 14 hours ago. Because that's, that's, that's the news one I can pull up, so... What a mess. Well, we'll find out about what. The well, regardless, is. Dallas or Minnesota, I think either of them are four or five in there. Yeah. Well, they're all, they're also potentially talking about moving the Canadian teams to. to that was what I was going to bring up next. Good, good segue, Kyle. Um, what happens if the Canadian teams have to go south? I don't. As long as they can find a place to play, I don't think it changes much. To be honest, it's not as if there's fans in the stands, anyways. Down in the states, there will be. Well, I, I, but I mean, in Canada, though. To be honest, it makes it almost makes more sense to bring them down to the U.S. so you can have more profitability. Mm-hmm. If you leave them in Canada, you're not making any money. You're still going to make Canadian TV rights and all that kind of stuff. You're still going to get that no matter what. Yeah, it's just going to be they they can probably get you know obviously it's a fraction, but they can get a fraction more money of putting people in the stands and watching a team they may not be able to watch previously. Fair. So. It just depends on where they're going to go. That's the biggest thing. I don't know who has the capability of actually housing an NHL team. I guess the biggest thing is you don't technically have to have the seating requirements. Just the ice. Because you're only going to have percentage, like a small percentage of players, fans in the stands. Yeah, so. well, I talked about them doing a bubble in Toronto and using Coca-Cola Coliseum, but apparently they wouldn't use Coca-Cola Coliseum. Yeah. Which, to me, is stupid because it's already an AHL stadium so whatever um yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens and we're still waiting on news about the taxi squads and how many players are going to be on each team although toronto already has 36 in the city waiting for training camp so (laughs) that should be interesting um we'll keep you posted on all that we're going to take another quick break here after the break we're going to talk world juniors and all the fun that has happened there and we'll uh, also talk a little nba when we get back One more go, boys. One more segment. Let's get into it. World Juniors are coming up, obviously, starting uh, in like a week. Oh, my goodness. On Christmas Day. That snuck up on us, boys. Um, There's been some interesting news this week. After two chartered flights from Europe carried six teams across the pond and all the mess that that was. Did you hear about this where they didn't have enough space on the plane? 
for all the equipment and all the players for all three teams per plane. Yeah, it's almost like they didn't plan or something. <laughs> what a mess. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, all the teams got here and they landed in Edmonton and we already have an outbreak of COVID among one team. The German national team has eight positive COVID cases among their players, but they are not being ruled out for the tournament just yet. Um, does that make any sense to you, Irfan? No, because I'm worried about the players' health after this. So let's say they do recover and they do play. We don't know the the extent on their health afterwards. Like, are they going to burn out? They're going to be exhausted. I mean, you talk, you see all the players, professional players who have had COVID. They go, can't find our legs for the last two months, and they had it two months ago. So um, I guess because they're younger, they're not. I guess they're not worried, but they should be worried because I think it's affecting everyone of every age equally. Um, I mean, I'm a little worried in the sense that. Yeah, there's eight positives, but cleaning staff could come into contact with these players and then go clean another team or um, hotel staff or uh, W uh, World Junior staff could come in. IIF, HF staff could get into contact. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm a little worried if I'm the other teams to, to see how the bubble goes. Like, they're going to have to isolate and there's only like a week left. So like, and they need what two negative tests or something like that in order to be deemed available to play. And then at the same time, when you're cutting so many players because you want to keep your roster short, this is the problem where you run into potential injuries plus COVID, and then you don't really have anyone to play. So I'm a little worried that this tournament could get canceled, or we'll have a tournament of like four teams instead of the rest, which would suck because that's not what it's about. Yeah, and Kyle, like I, eight eight players is a lot from a roster that's I think it's only twenty six or something. Mm-hmm. So these players, obviously, some of them were going to be on the on the game day roster. What actually, what does this mean for them and their prep for the tournament? I guess um, they haven't announced who it was, so I think it depends on who on that German roster is. If it's if it's some of the top players, I don't think it affects them very much. If it's some of the players who were maybe looking for a fourth line spot and trying to get on the team, I think it could be huge. I think it could be um, potentially them not making the team because the other players are. Well, the, this is their final roster, like the team. No, the team but made. but but I meant more like not getting in, not getting into the lineup Game and actually be able to play. Sorry, right. So it's like um, you know, if if it's some of the top guys, they're not going to be held out because they're not you know fit enough. The Germans are going to play the, the play the top guys. That's just how it is, and. Luckily, based on Alberta COVID rules, they are allowed to play on the 25th because they have to quarantine until the 24th. Yeah. So um, what it means to the German team is the German team probably will not have a very successful tournament. That's pretty much just a, a kind of a guarantee, basically. Um, but what it means for the tournament itself is it means that they have to basically kick it up into high gear for the testing. They have to... Make sure everything's sanitized, and when you think it's sanitized, sanitize it again. And all everything that they they thought they needed to do, they have to kind of amp it up and even a little bit more because now they know, hey, it's actually here. We got to do stuff. So yeah, um, I, I think it's kind of disappointing in a way because this has kind of um, canceled some of the, the, I guess, pre-regulation games or pre-tournament games. I guess we want to call it. So that kind of sucks because, you know, Germany was supposed to play and Canada was supposed to play Sweden. Sweden has two of their coaches, I think, tested They're positive. They're still playing. They're still playing. Are they? Yeah. I, 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 just, okay. I just read that. They're still going to play. Interesting. Okay. They'll just isolate so, the, the coaches. So it's 
you know, it, it's one of those, will the tournament go off as scheduled? Yes. I, I don't think that's the question. I think they've already put too much into this. I don't think they're going to want to change it right now. Yeah. Unless, unless uh, there's a massive outbreak among multiple teams, this tournament's going on. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can't see it. I just, I just really can't, to be honest. I, th- I think after everything that's gone through, they're, they're not going to cancel it now once the teams are already in Alberta. I don't think yeah. they're going to cancel it now. No, I agree. I'm just saying, like, unless, unless there's a massive outbreak among yeah. multiple teams in this tournament in the next couple of weeks, this tournament's happening. Mm-hmm. Whether it should some pond- or shouldn't. <laughs> we might see some pond hockey in the first couple of games because teams haven't had that chance to play. Yeah. I expect to see pond hockey sometimes in the World Juniors just because you're putting players from all these different teams together. It's sort of hard to put a system in the first couple of games. Yeah, the only uh, team that seems to do it every year is Switzerland. Yeah, pretty much. On Christmas Day, on Christmas Day, you do not want to watch that Germany-Finland game because that is going to be an absolute blowout. Oh, it's going to be ugly. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Yeah. Too, I feel bad for Tim Stutzel if he's not one of the players who tested positive and he has to be in quarantine for two weeks and then go play Finland. That would suck. That would definitely just because like everyone's expecting so much from him. He's like, I I can't skate like (laughs) two weeks. Sens fans are gonna be like, oh my god, what? No, no, he drafted the wrong player. Oh, Melnick help. No, in reality, guys, it's health. Come on. After after he broke his hand too, so we'll see how that recovers. Yeah. Well, Well, apparently he's fine for that, but you lose you lose that, and then you lose two weeks. Well, so I mean, it's just a combination of everything that added on. Ottawa Ottawa fans are like, hey, we want to see him play. What the hell? Yeah. That could be a mess. Um, we're all in agreement that Canada is the the front runner, though, right? Like, yeah, based on the roster, sure. Based but yeah, based on the roster, we we've seen Canada choke on multiple. occasions. I'm not saying they're gonna the win. I'm saying they're the front runner, dude. <laughs> like, we yes, have to I, assume I, I that would they're say the front so. runner. Listen, if everyone keeps falling apart and the rosters keep, you know, getting COVID tested, I think Canada might win. Just saying. If they well, stay Canada healthy, already had that issue. Though. Yeah, I know. So we're past it. I think maybe I don't know. Well, I don't know. It's, it's a weird Canada no. Germany in the final is what you're saying. Hundred <laughs> percent past it. And then Stitzel's going to score the winner apparently. So, wow, that's a very that optimistic uh, that, just, fan right there. That, <laughs> I'm, that, just, that, I'm just looking yeah. at the report. So, and we talked about him. So that Group B is going to be a great group to watch. Oh, yeah. Russia, U.S., Sweden. Anybody who comes out of that, I don't. You know, it's going to be rough. U.S. doesn't have the same roster as they did previously in years, but no. Um, I mean, not Sweden. getting not getting Robertson was a huge blow to them. Yeah, they were they were expecting, but but, but that but that was that was the U.S. not taking him because they had made their intentions known that Robinson Robertson wants to try and make the Leafs. So that that's well, the no, US. the Leafs didn't release him. No, the, the the team USA just didn't take him because they didn't want to take the chance of him actually not going. The, the Leafs were going to potentially let him go, but they weren't sure. So, and I th- actually, I think it was Robertson's decision. I think, I think it was Robertson's decision to actually not go. But either way, regardless, um, <laughs> you can never count out Sweden. So it's probably a Canada Sweden final. I think is something that I'm probably looking forward to. It's it's going to be an interesting tournament. I think this is the first year in a while that there hasn't been like a true like top two or three teams. Looks like there's Canada and then like a group of teams that all could potentially make it to the final in Sweden, Russia, Finland, US. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like so. it is every year. It's always those five teams usually. Yeah, but usually it's like three or four of them are at the top and then there's one or two behind. And then this year it's like one is the clear front runner and then everyone else is in that next group, which is odd. It usually isn't like that at the World Juniors, but 
we'll see how that plays out. Quickly, boys, I want to touch on an interesting story from yesterday, and this is the Kyrie Irving Sage story. Now, the story is, is that he's trying to honor his Native American roots, which is fine. Did anyone else think it was odd that he did it in the first game back in Boston? I mean, off the air, I said Boston because I was like, that was a little odd. Um, he had he, he started meeting with the elders of the, the Native community in 2018. So I know he's injured for half of last year, but um, why not start it last year, especially if he had such a huge voice in the locker room and he was already like making decisions. I think it would have made more sense to start last year. But I guess, you know what? If he's embracing his heritage, that's fine. It's just it's yeah. odd that it's in Boston as your first game because... I don't know. That's that's where I found that a little weird. But um, if he's doing it for his heritage, then I, ha- I don't have an issue with it. Kyle, your thoughts? Yeah, honestly, if, if it's for his heritage, all, all the power to him. If it's some sort of double meaning behind it, we're trying to clear his clear his aura. Boston, I guess. I don't know. Clear his aura from Boston. Then, then it's a little weird. But he says he plans to do it every game. So if he does it every game, then I think it's it's good on him to honor his Native, Native American her- heritage. So uh, all the power to him if that, um, especially with, you know, honoring his late mother, um, the shoes he's wearing and all that kind of stuff too. So it's, Earth uh, and I were talking about this before the show is just why, why now is, I guess the biggest question for me yeah. is, is what happened this year? Is it the pandemic and maybe he was reflecting on things um, and everything that went on and he's, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's asking too much of Kyrie Irving, but um, you know, the real question is like, why, why, if it's a new team, why didn't he do it last year when he was playing for him? Yeah. Yeah. But so, apparently when you, when he plays 2k, he also sages his, his room before he plays. That's what Kevin Durant said. So I don't know if they're, they're trying to just play around with the, the media and the rest of the people, but if this doesn't continue for the rest of the season, I'm calling, I'm calling him out. Yeah. yeah. Like I think the, the other thing is it is Kyrie Irving, right? Don't forget. He's, he's just gone through all the, the media, I'm going to call it crap that he's, he's put himself in over the last couple of weeks. Could it be that might have played a factor into the timing where he's just trying to reset everything for going into the season. Maybe he's like, you know what, all this, I want to get rid of it. I want to, I want to cleanse, cleanse the aura going into the season sort of thing. So maybe he starts it now and continues it the rest of the year and every game it's just getting rid of all the outside noise sort of thing and that's how he's going to refocus himself that could that could be a factor for sure i think that's something that we need to uh keep an eye on just because as you guys said if he stops it and just decides yeah i'm I'm not doing it anymore red flags need to be going up for everybody like for sure that needs to that's why charles barkley told him to shut up and play basketball right like i think it's at that point where if he does anything wrong, they're going to jump on him. I think everyone's like a little fed up with him a little bit. But again, if it's for his heritage, I have no problem with exactly. that. Like, yeah. Please continue it. Um, if there's ways that, you know, the league can support you, ask for it, like go for it. But um, if you don't do it, we're going to call you out. I think yeah, that's, my that's issue is if he does it just in certain games, like he does it in Boston, he does it uh, in Cleveland. Cleveland, right? Like if it's just like specific games, it's like, okay. That's that's a little questionable. But if he does it every game, like go for it. I don't care what players do before games. Every player has their own way to get focused. If that's the way he needs to focus, and that's showing honor to his Native American heritage, mm-hmm. my man, do your thing. I don't. I will never call people out for giving credit to their heritage. But just make sure you do it. 
for sure. All right, boys, that'll do it for this week. Let's uh, let's get some final thoughts. Irfan, you're up, my man. Uh, oh, God. Uh, I went blank. Pass. Blank the... Pass? Pass. Okay, Bring Kyle. It back to me. We'll come back to Irfan. <laughs> um, congratulations on Greg Vanny getting hired uh, in lot by LA Galaxy. Um, or I guess finalized. Going to be able to type it officially yet, but um, we knew he was going to go to one of the LA teams, so... Congratulations, him. Obviously, a huge blow for TFC. Um, also, looking forward to NHL starting in basically a month right now. So, um, as long as everything keeps on track, I will be happy when hockey is back. Basketball starting on Tuesday. So, I'm definitely help back, help happy that's back. Um, lots, lots more things to lose money on when it comes to betting, but we'll see how that goes. So, all right, Airphone, we're going back to you now. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist won't play this year due to a heart condition. So, um, I hope he's okay. I hope his family's okay. Cause I mean, I'm again, I'm okay with players saying that they're not going to play for the pandemic and for their health reasons. So, uh, I hope he's well. And to build on that, how are we going to see any more players opt out? Do you think? Um, I think so. I mean, we mentioned Max Domi a couple weeks ago with him and his diabetes. I mean, there's other players that have heart conditions or family that's a little bit older. And if they don't want to play, um, I don't expect them to play. Um, So. Fair enough. I'm giving my final thought to Justin Herbert. And this guy, I give him full credit this season because without him, this Chargers team might be over right now in their season. You guys realize he's second in the league in passing yards behind Patty Mahomes. I didn't realize he was doing that well. Does he deserve MVP credit? (laughs) Even though his team is four and nine. (laughs) Kyle shakes his head. No. Why? (laughs) Why? Because he has an extra game play than everybody else. He's going to fall back to like 10th in the league. So I, I No, he doesn't. He's played 13 games like everybody else. They just played on Thursday. How is that possible? I don't know. It's saying that he's played 13. Well, yeah, because he – oh, I guess because he, he didn't play the first couple of games. Yeah, he didn't play the first Taylor. game. But um, either way, I, I, I yes, is what he's doing – is it impressive? 100%. Is it MVP caliber? Not even close. Um it's until you're you don't get MVP, you don't get any credit for MVP unless your team's above 500. It's I agree. I'm, I was that. kidding on the MVP, but, but um, gotta give him credit. It, it's it's done. it's impressive 100. There's a reason why I wanted the Pats to try and trade up and draft him last year. Like, like after watching his his stats in college, it was just impressive as hell. So, um, I'm honestly not. Am I surprised it's happening? Not even close. Am I surprised it's happening with? You know what type of team he's around right now? Sure, but when you have, when you have Keenan Allen as your number one receiver, you can't really go wrong with that. Is it more is it more surprising with the coaching that he's had, <laughs> Anthony Lynn? <laughs> to be honest, with, the, with if he had proper coaching, he probably could have more stats than he had currently has right now. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's impressive considering he has the absolute black hole of um, time management in Anthony Lynn right now <laughs> as a coach. Fair. Uh, but yeah, I, I figured I'd give a shout out to him and shout out to the other Oregon Duck quarterback, Marcus Mariota, for coming in on Thursday and absolutely looking great on his first drive. Yeah, until the last drive blew the game for the Raiders. I said first drive. I didn't say last drive. I said first drive, Kyle. Listen, use your ears. Oh, I know you did. All right. 
that'll do it for us here. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Garage Door Sport, on Instagram at Garage Door Sports. For more information, articles are posted there. All the episodes from all of our shows are also posted on our Twitter account. So make sure you tune in there. You can also follow us individually, me at Nick McVicker, Kyle at Kyle Vardy, and Irfan at Irfan Manji. Um, we like to tweet out, I know I do, I tweet out a lot of uh, sports stuff. Irfan has been doing a lot of soccer, which is great. By the way, make sure you follow Touchline Thoughts and listen to the episode this week. It was one of the best that you guys have put out over there at Touchline Thoughts, Irfan, with uh, the conversation about Josh. the say no to racism. Congratulations on that. Mm-hmm. You deserve a lot of credit for that because that's a tough conversation to have. Um, and make sure you give Josh kudos as well from my from myself. I I'll pass it on. Um. And make sure you follow Kyle for all the betting house pod information because mm-hmm. man, did Maddie malfunction this week? Oh yeah, absolutely. He imploded on himself. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a, it's a fun one to watch, regardless. Yeah. It, it I, I will say this straight up: it is not our greatest episode as cohesiveness, but it's probably our most entertaining episode we've had yet. So I believe the cohesive unit was funny. It was just uh, together; yeah. it was a, a bit of a mess. Yeah. Staying on track was probably the biggest struggle, but it worked out in the end. So. It was very entertaining to listen to. So make sure you tune into that one as well. Uh, if you want to listen to me and Ryan, we talked about who some NHL Hall of Famers would, what jersey they would wear going into the Hall of Fame if they did the same thing as the MLB, which is very entertaining to watch. By the way, boys, uh, Cujo, if he went into the Hall of Fame, what is he wearing? Leafs. I think it probably have to be. <laughs> Welcome to our generation. He played way better for St. Louis. <laughs> he did. He did. I just think. I think. I think that's what it means more to the franchise, though. Yeah. So I think, but these conversations like that that were fun to have. Uh, Eddie Belfort as well was another one. Uh, that was yeah. Belfort would go in the stars, though. Yeah. I think we all agree with that. But generationally, it's interesting to see between me and Ryan what the answers were. Um, and don't forget, we also have our football podcast hosted by Logan Lockhart and Gabe Ferraro going every week. Uh, that one's always interesting to listen to them to make picks. So <laughs> make sure you tune into that. We will be back next week for a very probably short episode on Boxing Day just so we can uh, get back to our families. But other than that, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>